Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast, weekly insights into everything video. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 14 of the Pro Video Podcast. This week we're focusing on directing and filming. On the show we've got Daryl Harbracken and Dylan Crummer from Six Echo. We dive into one of their recent projects with Tesla, so I really hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did recording it. Let's go to that interview now with Dylan and Daryl from Six Echo. In the studio I have Dylan and Daryl from Six Echo. Welcome guys. G'day Blair, good to, good to be here. Kia ora Blair. Kia ora. Feeling good. Might I say Blair, you've got a lovely radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's the mic, it's all the mic. It's all the compression. <laughs> so Six Echo, can you guys tell us what you do and the type of work that you're doing? Uh, Six Echo is probably best summed up as a production services company. So we don't necessarily market ourselves as a production company. There's enough of those around. Mm. We are a company that service, like helps production companies with certain things. So we have movies soon to be upgraded to the Ronin 2, probably, looking at that at NAB the other day. It was really nice. We have cameras. We have FS7. We have access to Reds. We have access to Ameras. We have access to all sorts of different things. So, so drones. Oh, yeah, drones. Yeah, drones as well, yeah. We've got a pretty drone. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. And our recent purchase of van, we now have a uh, Volkswagen Crafter, and we pile as much, uh, depending on what the job is, the night before, we'll pile as much gear into that as possible, set it up, and the next day we can be on set shooting uh, pretty damn quickly. We used to arrive and everything's ready to go. So, yeah, we're a production services company, and we just, yeah, if people need things, we can help out, and uh, yeah. Excellent. So what are your guys' roles in the company? We kind of we both do a bit of everything, really. Daryl's got a lot more experience than I do, and and like being a DOP and directing and that sort of thing. I've got a lot of experience with kind of technical side of things, so I tend to work a little bit more behind the scenes, kind of prepping gear and making sure everything's going to work when we need it to work on set. But at the same time, shooting as well, flying the drone. I don't know. Every job has a different thing, so you're always learning on the go. Always something that you can um, can you, you can be a part of that you may not have experienced before. And I just talk a lot, and I tell people we can do things, and Dylan makes it happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, uh, I'm a, I guess by trade, I'm a director of photography. I've um, worked in a lot of commercials and promos and that sort of thing, and I'm drifting more into directing these days, which is fun. Yeah, but I come from a technical background. I worked in visual effects many years ago on movies like The Last Samurai and that sort of thing and then decided to sort of do my own thing rather than work on other people's projects and just sort of drifted along and done all sorts of different things in the industry like a lot I think a lot of New Zealanders actually do that we all try different things out yeah. and we try yeah. to look at what it is exactly we want to do and uh, yeah I've had a couple of small production companies in the last 15 years and this one's sort of ended up here and I think this is a good fit and it's going to go well the industry changes so much and yeah. so fast. It feels like um, what you're describing is your guns for hire to sort of action things really quickly and is needed for the production. Yeah. 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 Hence also the name, I guess. Yeah. Six Echo apparently is a uh, division of Black Ops or something in uh, the American Navy or, or what are they called? Marines. In the Marines. And they are the guys that go in, do a specific job, clean up and then get out. And yep. uh, everyone else looks pretty, but we just go in and we take care of the important stuff. That's kind of our style, I guess. Yeah. yeah. When I think of you guys, I've, I've seen so much of your work that is just stunningly cinematic, but also the the speed has played a major part in a lot of footage that's on your on your show reel. So you've got some real experience with those high-end cameras shooting at extreme frame rates. Mm. 
Yeah, I was, oh, when did I do that? About five years ago, me and another business partner, we were the first independents to buy a phantom camera in New Zealand. And when we did that, we had two streams of revenue. We had live sport and we had commercials and film. And it wasn't really, that particular camera wasn't really made for film and commercials, but we managed to make it work. And then eventually we upgraded the cameras as we went along. But those are massive investments. That was like, you're not getting any change out of a quarter of a million, you know? Yeah. And eventually I myself broke away from that company and started doing my own thing. And I took the Phantom with me. And it was just a little, this is last year, it's just a little bit too much for a, for a solo guy to you know run that sort of you know yeah especially now I mean it's a lot easier to be able to get those high frame rates for a cheaper cost and there are a lot more companies willing to do that now as well so it makes it a lot harder to be the only crew doing that sort of thing when the reality is you're not anymore there's at least I don't know half a dozen people and even the public like five years ago when we brought that camera you know quarter of a million if you please yeah you know uh it cost you a lot of money to get 200 frames a second. And yeah. now, yeah. can I swear? No. Jolly iPhones can do it. It's like, <laughs> what, the, what the heck is going on? So, yeah, that actually happened really quickly. We brought the cameras in, the camera in, and we were the only ones who could get frame rates of like 150 frames at the time, 200 frames. And then Red started doing it, Alexa started doing it, and now FS7s, you know, cameras that are five... Uh, at a professional, uh, at a professional level, cameras at a five thousand dollars can now do up to one hundred and fifty frames. Yeah, which is which what, is kind of standard now. Yeah, what most people need. Yeah, they don't need any higher than that. Yeah, if you don't have that in your camera, then people are pretty upset by you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really um, difficult one to analyze what gear you should be buying versus what gear you should own and how yeah, you yeah. budget that out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I said. Um, after the whole Phantom thing, I said, I'd never buy another camera that expensive, you know? Like, yeah. I'll stick to the, personally, I'll stick to the 20 grand mark, you know, the FS7s or the whatever Panasonics have or something along those lines. But uh, since working with Dylan, work's been pretty good. You know, some of the level of stuff we've been doing has, has been climbing pretty high. And, you know, we are thinking about possibly red, you know, going in that direction to buy. But again, the numbers have to match up and weigh up. So... You know, some it's sometimes it's worth buying something as opposed to renting it all the time because you're just throwing money away. It's like renting a house. You know, why why pay someone else's mortgage when you can pay your own mm. and have something at the end of it? Mm. Mm. Yeah, but you want the house value to go up and not depreciate at an astronomical rate. That's true. That's true. That is very yes, that is very true. <laughs> Which makes a lot of sense for why you've um, invested in, in the um, in the van and mm. and suiting yourselves up to basically equip you to be those ninja marines well, going into action. Yeah, I mean the thing is. The great thing about having a van is, you, like Daryl was saying, you can pile everything into it and you have everything at your disposal when you turn up to set. I mean, you, you, you're ready for any kind of changes. If changes happen on the go, you can be like, yeah, well, we actually have that. It's right here, right now. Give us 10 minutes. We'll have it ready for you. Yeah. And sometimes not even that. I mean, whole, Not even that, yeah. The whole idea of it is the motto is like no cases. Yeah. Like gone are the days where you chuck everything into the back of your car, your, mm. your, your wagon, Take everything out, open the cases, build it up, blah 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 blah. We can build it, we can have it on high hats, bolted into the into the back of the into the back of the van, and we just rock up on set, unclick, put it on a tripod, and you're shooting within yeah, yeah. a minute. Yeah, yeah, you know? so you're so efficient, so quick. Mm. Rain or shine, you're ready to go, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm. With all the equipment that you have at your disposal, mm. 
and the technology that you've invested in the van, do you feel like you can tackle jobs that just wouldn't have been possible for you a few years ago? I think everything has gone smaller, hmm. which has made, made things a lot easier to be able to manage. Like, you don't need as big a – like, you needed a truck before to be able to get the same amount of equipment that we've got now. Yeah. Whereas now, I mean, you don't need a massive drone. You don't need, you know, a massive like, – I mean, it's, it's just everything has shrunk so much that it's easy to be able to store it away. It's easy to be able to have things on charge. It's easy to be able to just mix and match things um, so much more than what they used to be before. I mean – I think cameras are always going to stay around the belt, this FS7 red size now. I yeah. think that – and that has been like that for about two or three years now. But a good example is lights and post-production. Yeah. For example, yeah. lights, since everything's gone to LED, you don't necessarily need to cross over from uh, your light ownership to a van or a truck turning up on set to light everything for you. That's nice to have. But now we can do a pretty good job with a decent set of LEDs and a good you know. Yeah, I mean, the sensitivity on the cameras now allows you to use minimal light. So you, use, you need less space, you need less gear. Yeah. Um, you can work That's with smaller true. trucks. I forgot about that. The ISOs of 2000 plus is yeah. just mental. Yeah. So you found, and it's clean. Yeah. You know? mm. So you're able to spend your time crafting the light that you and look that you're wanting rather than just getting the light in there to start with. Yeah. Like you're taking the light away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of the time you are. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. Oh, nice stuff. Have you um, got a lot of clients attending who are wanting to have monitoring on set as well, or are you sort of just a bit more fast-paced than that? No, a lot of them do want monitoring. And at this stage, we don't own our own monitors, so we we rent from around town. Um, We were waiting for NAB, which has just finished, so there's a couple of products there. I think the, uh, what is it, the Sumo? Sumo, yeah. Yeah, the Animal Sumo. Uh, What is it, like a 19-inch? 19-inch water monitor. (laughs) It seems to fit the bill really nicely. I mean, that's something that we do want to uh, invest in in the future and just have that. You can have that either set up in the van or you can have it portable. It's just a nice way of being able to do things, you know, for your clients. I mean... It's just lovely having everything. Yeah, I I think the whole van concept and the way we like to work is we just want to make it easy for the client. Yeah. As easy as possible. And we want it to be like an experience where they can actually focus on the main task, which is the story. And not have to worry about anything else. They can just turn up, sit, sip their coffee, and know that everything else is being taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the most, of the least stressful fashion possible. And, yeah. you know, monitoring is kind of part of that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as they can see that picture, then they're, they're at ease. Yeah, they're yeah, at ease. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and everything's wireless now too <clears throat> things like the Teradex mm-hmm. and yep. there's all sorts of different ones coming out now but uh, Teradex what we use so if you, the less cables the better you know yep. less cabling you know uh, just faster turnaround really I know that speed yeah. yeah yeah what about using um, looks and LUTs and things like that yeah depends yeah. on the look like if, uh, a couple of years ago I did a gig for tourism in New Zealand and I actually went online downloaded a bunch of uh, preset LUTs put them into DaVinci and just fine-tuned them to the cameras I was using. We were shooting the whole thing on FS7s, I think, and 4K and that. So, yeah, if the job is decent and I and we really care about it, not saying we don't care about every job, but, you know, if, if a job is, you know, really good and, and you know they're going to have the money to do a lot of post-production, you want to make sure that you're getting an accurate representation on the job. So, yeah, yeah I will. we will create our own LUTs and stuff on a job-by-job basis. Mm. And that's something we would play back on the um, on the client monitor more so than 
their actual viewfinder. Well, I mean, we'll probably switch there and back and forward a little bit, but yeah. it's mainly for the client, not so much for us. This HDR thing seems interesting too. That's a new, yeah. Haven't played yeah, much of that yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been hanging out for it for about six years. HDR. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been around for a long time. Um, yeah, yeah. The technology, but the implementation, you're getting in the high-end um, facilities. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like um, when HD came out, it's like, oh, wicked, we've got this new format. And then when with cameras, it's like it would be great if they all picked one. But you get into the same yeah. space where there's a battle for ownership over this, yeah. mm. which just makes it messier and takes longer and more confusion for it to be implemented. Mm. But um, the feedback that I've had is that the industry feels that it's just as big an impact as when we went from standard def to HD with the yeah. reaction to the image and that's what HDR is going to bring yeah, yeah right so I'm glad 3D died yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that's dead well, the, we've had it, enough it, <laughs> <laughs> it was a, for a moment there everyone's thinking oh shit we've got to get two cameras <laughs> two cameras we've got to try Sync and do them. this yeah Oh, but what's the other thing? The 360 um, mm. VR's out now. Mm. That's a whole new killer fish, but we'll get on to that later. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's the TV manufacturers, eh? Yeah. How can they shift more, more commercial TVs? But yeah. 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 Um, which takes me back around with the post-production, actually. Are you guys mm. posting a lot of your own work as well? Are you, you shooting and handing on? Most. 70, 30? Yes. Yeah, a lot of it we're, we're handing off, but we also have the ability to be able to do our own edits as well. Um, yeah, just it really does depend on what the client really wants. I mean, we offer that, offer that facility. I, I wouldn't say we're really set up to do heavy post, but mm. we're definitely set up to do, hmm. do a the, version of post. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in the van we've got it, you know, so yeah, we've got half the vans dedicated to post production as well, so... We've got media management, downloading facilities and all that sort of stuff, yep. obviously. And we are running, we will be running DaVinci and we can do basic edits and that sort of thing in there as well. So really good for those quick jobs. Say we piss off down the line somewhere, say, I don't know, Taupo, or we're in a, doing a docos thing or some sort of vignette. We can actually do an edit overnight. You know, if we take an editor and we can, you know, they can do a quick cut or maybe we'll do a quick cut or whatever. And, you know, that, that option's there. You know, and you also have that ability to be able to, like we were talking about LUTs before, you have the ability to be able yep. to create a LUT on set, yeah, based off what you're seeing, you know, mm. or even do something in post afterwards as well. Yeah. Shoot something, and think, oh, I really want to have a play with that now, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all oh, that's there. It's nice. You find yourself pulling selects to sort of help um, speed up that process if you are passing it on as well, or is it typically if you're passing on the job, you just hand it over, just hand it over, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, it's um. Feel sorry for that on-site editor, eh? It's like you guys. <laughs> right here's the footage. We're going to bed. <laughs> We're going to bed. You better stay up. <laughs> Want to see the cut in the morning? You're on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> 150 bucks a day is right, right? That's good. Yeah, sweet. No, go for it. Like We're still stuff. in the 24-hour window, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, a lot of the time it's one of us. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> That's the thing. We've shot it, so we know where everything is. So yeah, it's, better, it's, it's almost quicker doing it that way sometimes. Yeah. yeah, depending on what they're wanting for an edit, you know. So I'm interested in what media management you've got in the truck. Like, what what are you dealing with there? Depending on the gig, if it's again, if it's a it's a if it's a basic quick gig, quick job, um, just fast and dirty. We'll just make two copies, one onto a me, um, the media drive we have in the van. We've got a RAID in there. We've got eight terabytes. That's probably the first thing that we'll, we'll upgrade that pretty soon. Actually, we want to have about twenty four at some stage. But we've got an eight terabyte dro- uh, SSD drive in there. Uh, sorry, RAID in there. So we make a copy on there of everything. 
and then we'll have portable drive that we give to the client as well. So we'll hold on to something and they can have something. Yeah. If it's a yeah. bigger job, the legal, legal requirements, you've got to have three copies. So we'll run everything through ShopBoot Pro, get all the metadata done properly. So there's two different ways of doing it. Yeah, nice. Um, that's for um, insurance, having three copies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cover. yeah it can um, eat up some time, but necessary. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. Oh, we find, uh, I think legally we can have, if we've got enough cards, you can have a copy on the cards, copy on their drive, and a copy on our drive. So that's yeah. illegal. That's normally how we play it. Your triplicate. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'd like to sort of give you guys an opportunity to talk about some of the projects that you've been involved in, some of the ones that have been highlights for you in recent times. Mm-hmm. Which ones stand out for you guys? Most recently? Should we talk about Tesla? Yeah, go on. Yeah, okay. Um, so we're shooting a little piece for um, Tesla New Zealand. I saw were, your blog post. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looked yeah. good. Yeah, it was good fun. Um, so it was an Australian company that actually had the... Um, Gen C. Gen, Gen C. C. They had the contract and um, they... A small crew flew over to New Zealand and they were basically looking for a, a, a team to be able to film it for them. Yep. <clears throat> actually, it was probably a bit more detailed than that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know the backstory a, a little friend bit of mine. I saw a post on Facebook. A friend of mine, on behalf of her friends at Gen C, were looking for a couple of blokes to go over to Europe and do an ad for Kathmandu or something. And I thought, oh, man, Dylan could do that. That'd be sweet. Yeah. So I sent them an email, and they wanted us to go over for a couple of weeks. Um, and we talked about it, but the, the realistically, the money wasn't enough. I mean, you know, it was, wasn't a lot. And, you know, we've got overhead, so we've got to keep things going. So realistically, it wasn't going to work. So I just dropped them a line, and I said, look, if you guys have any shooting that needs doing, let us know. Even if you want to shoot that whole Kathmandu thing, we'll do it. Um, you know, let us know how you go. And then oh, a few hours later, they email back and they're like, oh, actually, we're doing this Tesla thing in a couple of weeks. Can you, you want to help us out? And I was like, yeah, bro, sweet ass. Um, let's talk about it. What do you need? With a, with a bit more enthusiasm than that. But yeah. yeah. No, it was. <laughs> I said, oh, it's hard to get. My enthusiasm's there, but when you know that the budget's, you know, they're going to start talking, it's going to start squeezing you on budget. Um, but they... They came to us with a budget that wasn't fantastic, and honestly, it's it's Tesla. You know, when are you going to get to do that again? Yeah. So we just threw all the toys at it. Yeah, it was one of those jobs where we're like, well, I mean, they're not really expecting much. I mean, they their idea of what they were going to produce was quite basic, yeah. Yeah. and we were like, well, if we're going to do it, we might as well shoot it like a car commercial. Yeah, so we we brought out car rigs and drone and. Yeah, we, it was cool. We just got to invent cool. shots. Yeah. We just strapped cameras to the Tesla on like badges and all that sort of stuff. One, what, what, would we, what would we like to see? And we just did it. One funny thing about the Tesla as well, like usually we use magnets to be able to put cameras on. It's plastic. <laughs> <laughs> so we had Not to kind of engineer some caps. other way of doing things. Yeah, yeah suction, suction caps. caps. Yeah. You have to be a lot more pedantic with your safety routine with that quick set up. run down the mud of 10 and get some plungers <laughs> pretty much <laughs> well, we have the, actually we have this we, had, we, had we have this random car rig that I bought a couple of years ago from wheel wheel something from in the states anyway right. and that magnetized um, it's like a magnetized gimbal holder yep. it's really powerful it's really really good if it's a steel car <laughs> otherwise if it's aluminium or, or plastic you bug it um, but I brought the magnets and I brought the suction cups. So we just sort of made it all work. Always be prepared. Yeah. Always be prepared. It was, um, yeah, it was, well, it was a two-day shoot. It was a good time. Um, good crew, the crew from Gen C. They worked really well. Yeah, they were cool. Um, and then we got to go to the launch the day after, I think. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. It was a couple of days after, yeah. A couple of days after, yeah. 
drank fine wine, ate yep. fine food. Yeah. And yep. how did you uh, find that mode, that special mode that Tesla has? Bro, that was mean. That was mean. <laughs> that was quite funny, actually. Ludicrous, um, ludicrous, ludicrous mode. Ludicrous mode. mode. That's yeah. the one, yeah. It was funny because um, at the end of the shoot, we well, how did we end up? No, okay, the so the, so the deal was yeah. so they had people from Tesla, um, salespeople who were going to drive the vehicle for us while we filmed them, but there was some shots that we wanted to do in the evening because we wanted night shots of the car. You know, everything else we've done was during the day. We wanted to see this thing on the road at night with the lights, and we were like, "Well, we need the car from like five through till whenever." And they're like, well, we can't actually give you a salesperson for that time. So one of you has to sign a waiver and you will have to be the designated driver for that period. And I had already said at the beginning of the shoot (laughs) that if we ever get the opportunity to drive the vehicle, I am the one that's going to drive the vehicle. So (laughs) thankfully, I was given that opportunity, signed the waiver, and we're off. And, we, uh, were off. <laughs> we, we were off. And so, uh, we were off. So we went out for dinner with the Gen C guys, and um, I think oh, they was- were running late, so we ended up just doing a bit of a drive around in the car for like an yeah. hour. They got lost. They were 20 minutes. I'll, I'll look, mate, we're running 20 minutes late, you know? We're going to meet you in Ponsonby. We can't find the place. We're running, we're running late. You mind meeting us a little later? And we were like... Take yeah, your mate, time. It's all good, bro. Take, Take your time. time. Take, Take, all time. You Take your time. All the time you need. So, um, yeah, we just got the... Fill around with the bells and whistles and yeah. um, ludicrous mode. Got to experience zero to one hundred in two point six seconds. Can nice. I actually say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, you can. Yeah, I can. On legal roads, of course. On legal roads. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. legal yeah. environment. It's a hundred. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all sweet. Yeah, but no, that is that is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> Very quickly to one hundred. <laughs> so you guys are on the list to um, have a couple each. Actually, probably when maybe the three, the model yeah. three, when that yeah. starts coming. Available and they start actually releasing prices. Then current models are like 130 grand plus. You know, yeah. the Model Three should be around 50 plus New Zealand. So that's realistic. And honestly, it's the future. Like we, after driving that thing, eh? Yeah, it's just like this is it. So yeah. it's the most intuitive vehicle I've ever been in, and it's weird because it's the fastest vehicle I've ever been in, and yet, and yet it's it felt like the safest. It has such a low center of gravity that you feel very safe even at. You know, even when you're cornering, and even when you're at decent speeds, you know, you, the car always feels like it's it's hugging the road. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 amazing. Even the um, even if the Model Three is detuned quite a bit more than the one that we drove, I mean, it's still going to feel fast. I mean, the torque is just amazing on these electric yeah. cars. You know, so is that um, available online to to view, or is that? Yeah, it is. Uh, if you go to our Facebook page. Six Echoes Facebook page and also in our personal ones as well there's links to the final product which came out about a month ago now I think yeah but I recently put it up again because it's pretty damn cool yeah yeah yeah. yeah. We, got, we got in trouble actually can I tell them about that we got in trouble yeah tell them because uh, we put a GoPro in the front of the car and it's like you know ludicrous mode let's have a look at what we look like getting thrown back in our seats right so I put this um, put the GoPro in the front and we did the shot and and puts his foot down and get thrown back into our seats. It was awesome. A couple of days later, I decided, oh, I'll put it up online, you know, show off what we've been doing. <laughs> and within minutes, it was like, oh, could you please take down that video? It's not a very good look, um, you know, for the production company. I mean, <laughs> fair enough. Dude. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, 
<laughs> it was a little bit too soon. <laughs> right. That was awesome, though. I'd love to put that up again. Oh, right. We should. They're probably not watching now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's heaps of videos of people doing that overseas. Mm. So why can't we? Yeah, but they own the cat. They're not. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> they didn't get paid. It doesn't yeah. matter. Dylan's paying for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I signed a waiver. Yeah. Surely it's fine. You can't see what road it's on. Sweet. No. <laughs> so um, well, how did the uh, drone shots come out? They were really good. Yeah. Yeah, they were pretty mint. Um, we didn't do any droning around the city, but we did um, a lot out in... Um, Maraitai? Down on the Eastern Bays. Yeah, Maraitai yeah. in that sort of way. Mission Bay? Mission Bay. Well, yeah, we went along Tamaki Drive for a little bit. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, with drone shots, you just pick the right time of day. Yeah. Hopefully you get really good weather. Um, and they just, they look beautiful, you know? Yeah, first light, you want that... What time did the sun was the sun rising? About six o'clock in the morning, I think. This is just before daylight saving. And um, <laughs> yeah. do you want to tell them about how they uh, picked the spot that was locked off? You remember that? Oh, how we got there and it was all locked. Yeah, it was all locked. Yeah, we right. Yeah, it was interesting. They 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 they, they were they were good good outfit, but they didn't have someone on the ground here organizing things and going to have a look and seeing about times and stuff. So we cruised out to this beautiful beach out and just past Maraitai and um, she was all locked up the gates were locked up at 6 in the morning no cafes everyone's getting a little agitated at that point <laughs> and um, yeah so we had to make do and we just, but still there's plenty of open roads around there so we just did it out there but we just didn't quite get what we wanted yeah but um, you know but the finished product looks looks mint so it's pretty slick yeah we'll have a link complain. to that on the uh, show notes for this episode there we go so wanting to sort of uh, spin it back to the other talents that you guys all have and um, Daryl you're a bit of an actor I'm Thank releasing an episode um, this weekend and I was reviewing some of the short films of that guest and I was like Oh, look at Daryl, hey? Oh, really? That, that was for Media Design School. Oh, that um, last year, yeah. yeah Dragon yeah. Scale, I yes. think it was Yes, I, I played the little boy's father. Bless. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. That was cool. Now, yeah. They make some amazing content out of there. I was amazed, actually. Remember back in the day when you go to the movies and they, they advertised Media Design School, this is back in the 90s, and it was really like Dire Straits Money for Nothing type, <laughs> yeah. type animation. Yeah. And I didn't know what to expect because... Obviously, I'm acting there with this kid and, and you know, the, the, the boys acting to nothing and, you know, classic onset stuff. No idea what was going to come out. And the final product was amazing. It was yeah. almost photoreal. I was like, holy shit. The level of what they're producing in just a couple of years is just outstanding. Yeah. You know, that, that's their third year. So they haven't, that's just over two years worth of work that they're putting into it. And mm. having worked in the visual effects industry yourself, you know, um, the expectation is that they just have to hit the ground running now, mm. which is the same expectation for everybody who's um, shooting as well. It's um, mm. the luxury of pre prods and yeah. s- smoothly easing into a production isn't really there anymore no not at all it's mm. to the detriment too I think in a lot of ways budgets are dropping hard I think clients believe that transitioning from television to online content means budgets drop you know and what used to be a half a million dollar budget now they want to do it for 50 grand yeah you know and this is it's a regular thing that's happening all the time and everyone, everybody's struggling with it and everyone's trying to get their head around how to adapt to this new form. I almost feel like a lot of it is due to, you know, when SLRs first came out, you know, there was this ability to shoot everything really cheap. And I think there was a community of people who were shooting things on a really low budget. So you're going from this massive to the small and you've got to try and find a medium between the two. 
I mean, if they started out, you know, charging more probably from the beginning, then you probably wouldn't have this big mm. golf that you have now. Everyone was undercutting everybody. Everybody was undercutting yeah, everybody. Six years ago. Um, a friend of mine has just started a new group basically for freelancers to open up this discussion because yeah. uh, yeah. it's happening in post a lot as well. Yeah. And yeah. it's great to have the discussion. I kind of feel like the cat's been let out of the bag a little bit. Um, but one of the conversations was that um, Soundies have got a really good rate where they've sort of stuck to their rates. It's and, never changed. And it hasn't changed. Yeah. And I think that they must look at the video sign and go, what are you guys doing? Yeah. 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 It, it's totally like that the hard thing though is that when you get a job where they don't have a budget is they don't get a soundie and then you're as yeah. a cameraman supposed to be able to provide the sound for them yeah. at the same quality level you know yeah. and well, real classic you turn up they haven't got a budget for a soundie or a first AD and you end up like okay I'll cameraman sound and I'll AD the bloody thing great <laughs> I love it and yeah. that has happened. It happens. Yeah. Often. yeah. It does happen, actually. Mm. More often and, than you want it to. And something always suffers. Yeah. Yeah. It's either going to be the sound or if you ask if you ask picture guys to do sound, they focus more on the sound because it's not our strength, and then suddenly the picture suffers. Yeah. yeah. And, and that sucks. And you can't keep track of everything. It's, uh, no. you, you don't no. have time to pre-produce, so you're turning up to a set, and then yep. you've got the lights to worry about, the, yep. the talent. The, yeah. the, the, the thing is, I mean, you can get used to it, but you've lowered your ceiling quite considerably. Yeah. You know, you, you're never going to be able to achieve that top performance in either video or sound or lighting or whatever because you're so spread out, you're so spread thin between whatever the disciplines are. I mean, the best productions are the ones where you have people just dedicated to that particular craft, mm. focusing on that one thing and doing that one thing really well. And it shows up in the end product, you know. But you get to the end product a lot easier and faster as well because you're the not process is a lot more enjoyable as well. The like issues, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, you finish your day and you don't feel as fatigued. Yeah, <laughs> mentally yeah. fatigued, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. trying well, to take on too much. But you do. And, uh, everything happens quicker. Everything's yeah. faster. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can do. You can you can do two half day jobs in a day if you've got a full crew. And you'll end up spending the same amount of money, and you'll get a better product. But for some reason, people don't see it like that. Yeah. You know? And I think, oh, can I can I bag can I bag ninety seconds for a second? Can I give that a good nudge? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Why not? You wouldn't be the first one, bro. No, no. But you get companies like that that are getting uh, less experienced talent coming along, and the quality of things is dropping, and the price of things are dropping because those guys aren't getting paid very much money, and everything's just dropping, 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 dropping. And the technology's there to, the technology's good enough that it saves us, you know what I mean? But it's just not good enough. Yeah. The other thing, I mean, not even like we're talking about the quality of video and the quality of sound and the quality of the product, but. You know, you also the other thing that suffers is it's is your quality of lifestyle as well. I mean, you're you're going on set, you're doing a job that you actually really love doing, mm. but if you're asked to do too much, you don't get to you don't get to have that enjoyment. You know, when you're there, you're too busy focused on work becomes like really hard work instead of this craft that you just really love doing. The art's gone. The art's gone. Yeah. And um, you know, the best jobs are the ones where you can relax, you can just focus on your job, you have good banter with the crew yeah. and it's just a great time. And clients remember that stuff as well. Mm. Like they they appreciate that because they, they're the same thing. I mean, they don't want to be stressed out about stuff. Mm. They don't want to be turning up on a shoot and just 
feeling like they're fighting the whole time yeah. to get something get something working, you know? Um, one, of, one of our things, too, is, is a lot of people will call up and they say, oh, we just want one person to go along and do things. And I'm like, uh, for me, no. You have to minimum two because creativity is it's a collaboration. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I hate going on set or on, on a shoot without a soundie or an assistant. Yep. or either one of the two you know it's got to be two because it's more enjoyable you have a good time you get a bit of product at the end of the day and you, you, your, your brain's not fried you're setting what your expectations are and what you expect to bring to it and that's that's really awesome it allows you to sort of set the level of work that you're doing as well not being chipped away at and being brought yeah. down it, it is a huge time in the industry and it really makes me think of um, desktop publishing and the revolution of that when it's accessible. It's like just because everyone's got MS Paint doesn't mean that they can <laughs> yeah. design. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can give a monkey a t- any tool, you know what I mean? It's going to take some time, but I, I really think that, well, I my hope is that by having conversation, getting a topic out there, mm. that uh, we might be able to address it as a as an industry. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like uh, maybe unionizing things or something like that. I don't know. You know, we've always been, it's always been good that we didn't have to do that. Yeah, I've never been a fan of unions, but it's getting to a point now where it needs to be governed. It needs to be looked at properly. So many people in the industry are doing it on their own, whether that's yeah. as a single freelancer or mm. small shops. It's a hard one to go into battle and survive on your own like that. Yeah. yeah. So I want to turn this around and look to the future. Happy time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's on the gloom? What's, what's on the cards for you boys? What are you looking forward to? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Growth pretty much. I mean, we've got, the, we've got the van thing happening and that's currently being wrapped. It's getting sign written and all that at the moment. And then we'll probably smash social media with it. As the projects get bigger and we start doing more and more and branching out and getting more people on board, we'll look at some sort of real estate the premises to park everything and we will start a little bit heavier in the post-production side of things actually doing edits and have hiring editors to do things so it's, it is a bit of an expansion process over the next probably year and a half to two years yeah I'm just looking forward to new opportunities you know the industry is like you say it's changing technology is changing there's bound to be something that will come up in the next couple of years that we're like oh, I never saw that coming and then you've got to yeah. adapt you know yeah, yeah. and it's, to me that's actually kind of exciting Spinning back to VR, experiences rather than just observation with video content. And I think yeah. we're in an amazing place to sort of showcase to the world experiences with VR. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. You guys doing much VR down where you were? We've done a little bit. Actually, yeah. um, I did a VR project where for Teaching Z where we were showing the opportunities being a teacher. So this was a um, scientist who was down in the glaciers. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, shot some 360 video down there. That was like my first one of doing full production with um, multi-camera yeah. stitching and the pain points of that because we also had talent yeah. walking from off in the distance yeah. to right yeah. in front of camera yeah. um, and pristine location so I learned a lot on that one with the fact that my hardware wasn't up to scratch <laughs> Whose gear did you use? Oh we were renting we were just doing yeah. um, GoPro rig Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, in six months, it's advanced so, so much because GoPro bought the company that does all that stitching. Yeah, right. So they're sort of joining the two products together. Mm-hmm. They just released a new camera at NAB. But what we're trying to do is layer on those elements of motion design on top as well. Everything just gets intense when you're working at 6,000 pixels. Yeah. It's still a long way from being seamless. Yeah. And it's actually probably much easier to just do full CG and output yeah. that 
than it is yeah. to deal with the footage. Right. Yeah. And getting that looking good. Unless you're dealing with a all-in-one unit, which is still 50 grand plus. Yeah. yeah. To, me, to me, I think the 360 thing's more, it's plates. You're capturing plates. And the, it would just seem easier because the storytelling... The storytelling is the, is the thing that needs to be improved, I think, on those 360 or VR um, stories. What do you call them? Are they stories? I, th- I, I call them experiences. Experiences. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the word experiences. Mm. They kind of That seems to match up with, with VR and 3D quite well. If you're allowing someone to explore an environment, they're creating their own yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm pretty sure tourism is still kind of patching into that, that realm as well. Like selling, yeah. it, selling you know their product overseas with a VR experience, you know, yeah. get to experience without actually being here. But wait till you see it for the real, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, just giving you a taste. I did, yeah, but the storytelling aspect, I don't know how you would do that well. It's now trying to get in people who are like cinematographers and DOPs and sound people and all that, and trying to. Um, I think the VR and 360 will need to bring as many of the top people in as they can to enhance. Yeah, everything at the moment, as you say. Yeah, because audio is so important. It's it's yeah, what yeah, drives yeah. where yeah, people yeah. are going to look. Um, yeah, and and I think even um, kinetic, you know, touch. Um, there's some great experiences that are coming out where there are spaces dedicated to VR that you can roam around, mm. but they are tactile experience with like mist and things like that. Right. Yeah. So it's all the sensory experiences that you're adding on top as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An interesting one is the uh, the roller coaster ride. So stick your headset on, and then suddenly one roller coaster ride could be a yeah. hundred different experiences. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. you kind of know the where people are going to go. So it's an interesting one. At least you won't have to light for it. What we found quite interesting is that it is much harder to um, craft the shot. So suddenly, yeah. you don't have to worry what's in just the frame. You've got to worry what's in the what's whole around scene. The yeah, that's the thing I'm thinking yeah. of. It's like, you know, the whole VR experience. You know, film is great because you you are told. Everything is told to you. It's like your grandfather telling you a story, right? Yeah. With VR, you're kind of creating the story at the same time. Yeah. You have the ability to kind of manipulate the story within the story you know yeah. mm. it's this weird thing I mean you don't have to follow that person down that track you can wander way off yeah. way off track and you can find a dinosaur somewhere yeah. you know which is why it's a lot closer to game than it is to yeah. film yeah. really yeah I think that's what doesn't appeal to me so much I've never yeah. been a gamer I'd rather watch someone else's art than vicariously live through a goggles or something you know yeah. I mean, it's not really my bag however in saying that, I have had some pretty cool conversations about the creating of this stuff, you know, and trying to come up and trying to solve the problems in the visual effects aspect, you know, where to put the green screens, how to cross this here. And I said, we, you know, I've had those conversations and it is awesome geek out. Yeah, well, I think it's exciting because for everybody across the world, we're tackling new problems. Yeah. Which, um, in this in this game, I think the creative side and the problem solving side are, are the things that really make it so interesting for yeah. us. Yeah, and I go go back to like the media design school. You say the technology's gotten so good now, and you watch things like you know the Avengers and that sort of stuff on TV, and anything is possible. Anything mm-hmm. can be photo real now. It's just uh, comes down to a budget and b yeah creativity like getting minds together and actually writing the stories and yeah coming up with stuff properly. Gone to a few lectures on it, and the thing that 
different about VR when you do experience it is is tapping into different areas of the brain. Moving on from that observation to that engagement mm. actually affects a different part of the brain. So, yeah, that makes sense. We'll see where it goes, but yeah, big brains. <laughs> big brains it explains why I have a small brain. Because <laughs> you play too many games, bro. <laughs> Watch too many movies, bro. <laughs> TV shows have dominated in in my watching. It's been good, eh? Yeah, last few years really. The transition from, and I kind of felt like it was the uh, writer's strike. That sort of seemed like this big turning point. Uh, There's a couple. It was with the mo- movie girls. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But then all the TV shows um, just exploded. Yeah, yeah. So good. Have you guys ever sort of um, thought of doing more long-form th- sort of work as well? Actually, recently, because of some of the uh, problems that we discussed earlier on to do with budget and that sort of stuff, it has been going through in my mind. They're trying to get us as a team onto something long-form. You know, Netflix is down here doing all sorts of things and – Disney's always coming down here and there's all sorts of things going on that most of the public don't know about. Um, but yeah, to join in and, and assimilate ourselves into one of those teams would be pretty cool and get, get amongst it. Yeah. I do miss the long form. I used to do it many years ago. So either that or reality television, I'd rather slit my wrist. Dylan, how about you? Yeah, no reality television. TV for me, right? <laughs> I'm not keen on that one. <laughs> I can't even think of the last time I watched reality TV. Like I know Survivor's here in New Zealand at the moment, but... Um, oh, come on. Uh, it must be some housewives or something. No. Sorry, no. <laughs> but no, yeah, long form would be would be nice. I would, it would be nice to just sink into a two-month project yeah. and not have to think about anything else. Because there's some amazing stuff out there. I mean, what are you watching at the moment, Blair? What's um, catching your fancy? My wife's got amazing um, taste, and she's put me onto Handmaid's Tale, uh, which is the adaptation oh, of the book. Hmm. And oh, it's such a dark, dark reflection upon society. And, yeah. and it's and it's kind of really reflective of what's happening at the moment in America. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's an amazing show. But I'm a huge fan of cooking travel shows. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I love <laughs> I love seeing culture and food. Chef's table, bro. That is my favorite. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah, that, that that's something that we often reference uh, when we're talking about for visuals. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just the way it's shot. It's shot like. It's like David Fincher started directing a cooking uh, a show. Document, a cooking yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. You know, beautifully, beautifully framed, composed, composed shots, and let the action happen. And it's just, yeah, because it's really a documentary on people. And yeah, it's and, not a cooking show. It's no, a, it's not. It's a food it's show. Yeah. yeah, and so I really enjoy that. And the geek in me absolutely hanging out for the next season of Game of Thrones. But <laughs> it's off up. Game of Thrones and Stranger Things. Yeah, That's Stranger Things. Yeah, forward to yeah. Westworld. Yeah. Westworld is the greatest. Westworld. Yeah, Westworld. yeah. Vikings. I really enjoyed that one. I haven't nudged that yet, eh? Oh, yeah. the new season of House of Cards. That's a good one, too. See, there's just so many good TV shows. Yeah. And there's still a lot of really bad ones as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Netflix has so many shows. There's probably, I'd say only 15% of them are actually really good. True. But when they're good. They're when they're good. good, they are really good, though. Yeah. Really good. I think that's um, finding good aggregation. So you're only looking at the top 5%. And everything else drifts away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But it's nice to watch. It's and because of the technology and because of um, the budgets, I guess, have swung differently in the states. The first episode of Westworld was twenty five million dollars. Yeah, and because technology is getting much better and visual effects are getting so much better, it's it's you're watching movie quality. 
you know, long form. You know, by long form, you're looking 10 episodes at an hour long, at an hour long each. Yeah. It's brilliant. D- yeah. I feel like Westworld is probably the greatest example of that because that felt like a show. That season one felt like just a very long film. Mm. Like, but in a, not a Lord of the Rings long film. <laughs> no, no, not a Lord of the Rings no, long no, no, film. No, no. Like, I mean, it was such a well thought out fil- um, show. And it, if you watched it just in one sitting, that would feel like one complete movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It didn't feel like a couple of episodes just kind of mashed together. It all had a theme. It was all progressive. It I mean, smooth. I remember the first yeah. few episodes, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. Like, it's feeling really slow. I'm not sure I can really hang out for this. And then, you know. I think there was one episode which kind of switched me over and I'm like holy hell this is that's right yeah. mind blowing something's just happened which I did not expect and I want to see where it's going to go yeah and it just continued but the funny thing season. is it's a 10 how many episodes 10 episodes I think, it's a 10 hour long movie that you need to watch three times to actually understand everything and you want to watch it three times yeah it's brilliant so good and now it's time for the pro video packs each episode, we ask our guests to give their pro video picks. So I'm going to go um, to Daryl first with what's your pro video pick this week, mate? Animus, I think, is as a, from, coming from a DP perspective. If we were, if we can do a um, recce, you know, that's valuable as you know, because I'm not the greatest drawer in the world. So being able to take Animus and have someone sit in the position that I want, take a shot, and be able to visually represent, you know to the client or to whoever what I'm what I'm seeing you know something like Adamus is brilliant awesome and, um, yeah Adamus 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 which one is it tomato tomato potato potato I don't know listen to the end no Daryl <laughs> <laughs> Dylan yeah. Dylan what's yours man it's funny eh? like a lot of the things that I use are on my phone um, whenever I'm set that's what Dylan shoots on <laughs> yeah, pretty much iPhone we lied about all cameras yeah, yeah. we use it's just iPhone we just use a fancy lens on the front yeah whenever we're scouting locations um, there's an app that I like to use called Sunseeker um, it allows you to kind of see the path of the sun as it's you know as the day progresses, so you know that you know you need to be kind of in this spot at this time of day, or you know the sun won't actually be visible. Even though sunrise is like six thirty, you might not actually see it until like eight. You know, yeah. Has that got sort of a little bit? Um, if you're doing a recce a month out due through the timings, being able yeah. to visualize, yeah. So you thought? can change the the um, the date as well to you know you could do it three months from now. Obviously, yeah. the flight path of the sun is going to be a lot different. So you could set it for that, and then you can actually visually look at your camera, and it has a it's kind of like augmented reality. You've got like a, a path that you just kind of follow and you can kind of see where it where it's going to end up and you can see where it's going to set and that sort of thing. Really handy when you're trying to pick out angles and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The um, next version will probably actually replicate the light and shadow. Good <laughs> <laughs> lighter for you. <laughs> okay. So um, have you guys got some people that you like to follow online? I don't. I try and keep up to date with what sort of technologies are coming out so there's kind of a bunch of websites that I like to use like well I, I look at but there's nothing really specific I mean I go to like it's funny it's, it's not like the big brands it's like people like New Shooter or um, Cinema 5D and those kind of guys they seem to kind of put out releases on new stuff a lot quicker than 
a lot of other people. So yeah, new shooters great. Um, new shooters great, especially yeah. when NAB rolls around. You know, they're, mm. they're pretty thorough. Yeah, um, they tend to just focus on the things which could actually be useful for people in the industry, and really getting to the points. Yeah, like what's um, going to benefit when you're using yeah. it all, not like oh, that's a nice packaging. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I thought their coverage of um, the the Ronin was really really good, very good. Mm. Yeah, and they're good like that because you know if they see something that they're really excited about, they're going to do a couple of videos on it, and they're going to really try and tackle it well enough so you actually get an understanding of what it's about and I think it's them trying to get an understanding of what it's about as well it's not just yeah. I think you're kind of doing it for their benefit but it also becomes your benefit as well because it's they put it on camera well they <laughs> know their audience because their audience yeah. is them so. yeah exactly <laughs> and that's the great thing about them is I mean they're, yeah. they're people that shoot and they're people that use the stuff all the time so they tend to ask the right questions which is what I'm hoping to do I'm interested about this. So I'm hoping to ask the right question. <laughs> How about you? There's a couple that I follow. Um, one of them is, from a creative perspective, every frame's a painting. It's this bloke called Tony Yu or Tony. Anyway, he's a Chinese Chinese uh, Canadian guy, and he just breaks down um, different elements of film and explains why they work. So things like film music. Why did that work? Why it's not working? And what's the problem with it now? Uh, He'll break down David Fincher films and tell us why that works. He'll break down Kawasawa films and tell us how that, why that worked. And it's just nice to get to just nerd out on that sort of stuff every once in a while. He he might release a, he releases a um, podcast maybe once every six months or so. He's getting a little irregular now, longer gaps. But yeah, it's nice just to be reminded in our world of like mostly advertising and you know corporate stuff to be reminded. Uh, of good storytelling and just yep. to, to nerd out again and just yep. you know get yep. the encouragement back. Another one is this other young fellow. He does one called Cinematography Database, and he's a little annoying, but he <laughs> he um, he does have some really good insight. And as a DP and as a couple of guys who are quite into the into the gear side of things, he manages to get some good examples he gets gear really early and he plays with it and you can you can see how things go and does good reviews he reviews all the gear and that so that's those are two things I find quite um, and another one as well if you're wanting kind of entertainment always um, Aussie Man Reviews <laughs> <laughs> so good if okay. you do if you look for Aussie Man Reviews Game of yeah. Thrones and watch his <laughs> reviews on Game of Thrones they are whenever I've watched an episode Two days later, he puts up a show and we are glued to it. We just want to see his opinion. And he's very insightful, actually. Like, he does it. He's quite crass. Uh, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty full on. But he's, it's good fun. And actually, it is actually very insightful. Which yes, is awesome. It's good. Eh? Which I, think, I think that's why I enjoy it. Yeah. It's because he's not just talking crap. He's actually, like, he's saying stuff that you're like, I didn't really think about that. But, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. In layman's, layman's terms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's a great pick because um, I, I, I've got another excuse to watch Game of Thrones again now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Before the build-up for the next season. So, sweet. That's going to be sick. What a, I'm, just, oh, I'm just trying to think what happened the last season. Now. Battle of the Bastards. Oh, yeah. That was, and then she just yeah. blew everything up. It was so good. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh. so good. Mm. I know what okay. I'm going to do on the way home. I know what I'm going to listen to on the way home. <laughs> One of my early podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. With yeah. Game of Thrones in the background. Yes, yes, yes. 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 <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Oh, we went to um, complete side note. As film nerds, we went to Hans Zimmer the other week. 
Oh, yeah. And if, that would have been epic. It was, and from my point of view, greatest musical experience I've ever had. Nice. I was just blown away. It was amazing. And I think if anyone gets an opportunity to go and, I'm plugging Hans Zimmer here for some reason. If anyone gets an opportunity to go and watch a Hans Zimmer thing and, and you're into movies and you're, especially if you're our age, like if you're in your late 30s, you know, go to it because it, ah, oh God, it was good. Hey, it was me. It's like taste changes as you get older. Suddenly you're like mushrooms and. Hansen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think I might have a quinoa. A quinoa. Kale and Hansen. Perfect. Yeah. Hansen on mushrooms would be a good one. Anyway, so. <laughs> it would have. Oh. <laughs> okay, moving on, moving on. We'd like to sort of plug an inspirational video if you if you have one. Yeah, I did have one. Um, there's one that I. I love listening to TED Talks. Um, and there was one, the guy that, what was his name? I think I sent you a link there. Um, you did. Um, I can't remember his name now. But he was, I think he was one of the people that created Wally. Um, and it's talking about his process, it's basically talking about storytelling and talking about the essence of storytelling and how he's, he, I think he was working with Pixar and, just basically trying to, he went through the different films that he worked on and how they progressed to this film, Wally, which is basically, in his opinion, the purest form of storytelling where it's a film that has very little dialogue at all. Mm-hmm. And all of it is just about emotion and it's about... Was it Andrew Stanton, the director? I think it was. Possibly. possibly yeah. yeah, I think it might have been, actually. And, you know, you're talking about a robot as well. You're not just talking about a person. I mean, you're talking about an inanimate object and somehow you've got feelings towards this thing Mm. towards these robots and it's it's an amazing story because it 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 reminds me of what's important in our industry in my opinion i think storytelling always is should be should be the heart of whatever it is you're doing and storytelling the thing the thing i like about what he says it reminds me of how storytelling can be told in so many different ways. It's not just through words. It's not just through music. It's not just through visuals. It's kind of all those things kind of working towards one common goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the way he puts it across is actually, it's, it's quite cool. So, yeah, I guess there'll be a link somewhere. There definitely will be a link. link. TED Talks. TED Talks. Good. Talks. Always good. good. Yeah. yeah. Pixar is an amazing company for how they approach storytelling. Yeah. Um, mm. I've heard stories about how they have just thrown out a movie and started again because mm. it wasn't right. And to have that ownership, you know, that's a studio that is doing it right and surviving because they've got their own IP and the control of it, Yeah, which I think is really a model that might break out in the future. But um, when Up came out, I was listening to a lecture about how they mapped yeah. the emotional um, journey through that story, yeah, through circles and shapes, and so that they were reflecting right. it back to everybody had a visualization of the emotion that was mapped through it, and that that was echoed through um, the shapes of faces and characters as well. You know, everything's tied yeah. together. Yeah. That's good, eh? You you know you go back and hear that, and then you rewatch, and you're like, damn. That's just smart. Yeah. yeah, I think everyone can apply that to their 90-second corporate videos. I think that's important. <laughs> I think we should really... I mean, again, that, that's, that. that's, that's, that's the thing with having pre-production. That's the thing about yeah. actually thinking things out thoroughly yeah. so that even the smallest details that people won't notice but would probably... Yeah. 
you know they yeah. they somehow enhance what you're doing but you may not notice it but you know if you didn't have it in there it wouldn't be as good that's what I was you know what thinking mean? about the whole long form thing the other day it was exactly this sort of you know wavelength it was uh, where's the, I want the, pre, want the pre-production I want to be able to actually care about the shot yeah. care about everything that you're doing not that we don't because we do Oh, we honestly do. We care about everything. We care about lots of love. Lots of love. Tremendous love. Big hats. Big hats. But yeah, like actually having the time and the, you know, patience to actually come up with something really cool. Work on something. Yeah. I I think that a lot of work, even even a corporate piece uh, would benefit from it. And at the end of the day, what's Mm. the point of making something if you're not making it to work? So, um, can I have an arc? Yeah, why not? And when yeah. you're thinking about where it's being yeah. placed, it kind of should be. It's like um, yeah. maybe if it's on social media, it needs to have a really extreme, abrupt smack in the face and then a different arc. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But all this, should be, all this should be planned beforehand. Yeah, you know, exactly. And you've got to plan when you go into things. The amount of times that you turn up and it's like, oh, I'll just shoot the shit out of it and we'll fix it in post. Yeah, yeah. It's boring, mm. you know? And you, it, it never really works as well. You've got to be able to tell the story. One of this... Um, a good example of that is a um, this tourism. Like I mentioned earlier, tourism spot that I worked on a couple of years ago. We cruised around, and it wasn't just pretty pictures and nice shots and epic scopes and all that, which I've done in the past. Yeah, we actually had this really um, strong story running through. It was a story of a couple of Americans that came over and they were getting lost and they were just having adventures and what they did on that trip, and it worked really well. It was a good story. We got from A to B, and they fell more in love and all that sort of thing. And it was amongst all these beautiful vistas and experiences yep. they have in New Zealand. And that's been winning all kinds of awards overseas. It's been doing really, really well. It's been mentioned on lots of different websites and stuff, apparently, um, just because it I, because it had that story arc. It's yeah, cool. we need more of that. There might be a shift as people sort of get a bit jaded from a, a feed full of stuff to stuff that actually yeah, I, impacts. I, I actually do get the feeling that it is going to come back to that eventually. I think people would start to realise after time that, you know, this sort of, I mean, if we're going to try and stand out, we're actually going to have to put in an effort now because yeah. everybody's doing exactly the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's actually going to take some brain power and a bit more time and probably a bit more money to actually make it work. We're definitely yeah. moving. We're, we're moving away from that reality TV thing now. You know, thank God for Netflix I hope and so. HBO. I really like hope that. so. Yeah, but everything's yeah. There's always an audience for something. <laughs> That's that true. I, it's always going to be around, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, as long as you don't have to see it, it's all. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, the days where it was like eighty percent of us were watching, <laughs> not us, but you know, people were watching it. Now it's it's certainly changed. Which is yeah, good. sweet. Daryl, did you have a video that you that inspired you that you'd want to share? It's one of those questions where it's like, I'll give you an answer, and then it's like tomorrow I'll be like, oh, no, I should have said that. <laughs> oh, no, I should have said that. I mentioned that Every Frame's Painting series, which is on mm. YouTube. The one that he's, when he talk, where he talks about David Fincher, you know, I've mentioned Fincher a couple of times. Fincher is one of my, he's obviously one of my favorites in the way that he tells story and his, on all Fincher's movies, you get really in-depth behind the scenes and they're not your airy-fairy, oh my God, it was so wonderful to work with him. It was, they'll say, Fincher's a dick. You know, or they hated working. He's the worst guy to work. He's with. the worst guy to work with, yeah. and it's really raw and it's really honest. And he's the same. And so, not only are his movies amazing, but when you watch the behind the scenes of his stuff, you just uh, yeah, I find that really um, inspiring. You know what I mean? Uh, having the audacity to actually chase, really go for what you want, yeah, like he does. He can because he is who he is, but it. it there are times where you shouldn't um, 
drop your quality or mm-hmm. or drop who you are as a career as a creative. And um, watching things with him, you, he's definitely a guy who does not. I can't think of the word. Um, anyway, he rolls over. He doesn't yeah, roll over no, anyone. No, you know what I mean. And it is hard. You want to play ball and be nice, but when you've got a creative vision, and you know you have to uh, you get, go you, to battle for it. You do yeah. have to be careful with that because you got to remember he's got no extremely talented as yeah. well. Yeah. I don't want some good. film student doing that, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Which happens. Who thinks he's Fincher. All the time. I mean, we've met people who think they're Fincher. And <laughs> or Spielberg. Or Spielberg. Yeah. And they're like, no, you're not. You are nowhere near that level. Yeah. And I'm not going to take your crap. I'm See sorry. that coffee machine over there? Be a good guy. <laughs> Be a good chap. <laughs> yeah. It's quite interesting, actually, because um, every frame of painting was also James Cunningham. And he was using that... Um, for research for comedy in the and one of those right. YouTube episodes was basically breaking down how comedy works. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So oh, he's Edgar oh, Wright. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Yeah. Visual comedy. Yeah. yeah. Visual comedy. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it's funny. I watched that recently again. I think I did watch really it recently good. as well. Yeah. Because yeah. Eddie Wright's got a new movie coming out soon. I think, what, Drive, Baby Driver or something? But yeah, just his, yeah, yeah. Using picture to, for comedy as well as everything else whereas Americans don't seem to be doing that that much anymore well, it's, yeah it's taking everything in consideration yeah um, I kind of had one pick that was sort of across all three really um, Beeple have you guys heard of Beeple at all nope no. uh, he's, he's big in motion but he's sort of crossed over into mainstream art so this guy right for the last 10 years he's been doing dailies yeah so every day he will create a new piece of artwork yeah. yeah, I'm going to show these guys really quickly so that I can talk about this a little bit more. So, so yeah, that's people. And yep. every day for the last 10 years, he's created an individual piece of work and hasn't missed a day. Even if he's sick, he, um, the birth of his children, he, really? he knocked out a piece of work before he took his wife to Bro. hospital because he knew <laughs> that it was going to be a busy day. Yeah. And he, he does. He just creates. He's not cared in any of the tech, any of that. It's just about making work. So I don't think I know anyone like him that's amazing because it's uh, I think that's a great example of sorry to cut you off but of um, someone loving what they do you know yeah not really understanding why they do it they just it's something they really just love and that's a very good example of that because doing that every day for 10 years I mean you're not doing that because it's a hobby no well makes it's a bit embarrassing really because you look at that and you think right in terms of film gear we've got a ton of gear yeah and and this isn't just us, this is me and a lot of my friends, you know, we do 48 hours and all that sort of stuff. We get together once a year and do 48 hours or we'll do corporate video or, you know, and shoot commercials and stuff, but we don't do our own stuff. Yeah. You know, we're not coming up with it's our different, own ideas. A little bit different though. A little bit different because, I mean, that's something that he can do on a computer by himself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a lot of what but, we do, we have to collab with like... But you don't at the people. same time. It's like with the phone. If you were to say every day, I'm going to make a five second piece of video art, I'm mm. going to craft it, and they're saying yeah, that we could all do. do that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, every day we're going to do I, one carpool karaoke segment. I, be awesome. I, I think I would struggle with that because I would, I would need to know what the bigger picture is to start with. There is no bigger picture. It yeah, that, like that's the problem. That's the problem. Growth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the thing with this is, and I understand it, but I can't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not. It's not actually having an outcome. It's just the pure practice of it. Yeah. You have to get better. You. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, people like us. I mean, you could always still cameras. Like I, I use photography as inspiration. Also, almost more than 
other films and video mm-hmm. and stuff because photography they capture everything in one frame you know having a stills camera like just a buy a second hand Canon 5D or something like that something decent and just capturing stills and that's that's another way of doing it yeah it still ties in with what we do totally mm. totally mm. where can we find you guys online where's the best place for the listeners to go www.sixecho.com that's a really good URL mm-hmm. nice so it's it's www.thenumber6echo.com don't write this echo 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 so there and also if you want to have a look at our fun stuff uh, Facebook is good uh, 6 Echo on Facebook 6 Echo 6, six Echo, Echo Cinema. Cinema 6 Echo Cinema on Facebook cool. yeah and it's yeah. also the same on uh, Instagram as well 6 Echo is some Black Ops page yeah yeah true <laughs> if you're on a seal page then <laughs> one they're not very good seals uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the banner, top secret mission. <laughs> top secret mission. <laughs> Holiday shots of them in Afghanistan. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Dylan and Daryl, I've had a ball chatting with you guys. Um, no it's been awesome. So thank you both for coming in. Thank you very much no for having us. Worries. It's a pleasure. In a year or two's time, we can come back and give you an update on how things are. Definitely, definitely. Mm. I might have to come out for a shoot and um, check out the van in action sometime. Yeah, yeah, totally. Actually, we'll bring it to you. We'll bring it to you. Nice, (laughs) nice. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Catch you next episode. Cheers. Bye. Bye bye. Shut up. If you could rate and review this podcast on iTunes, I'd really be grateful. Thanks to worldpodcast.com for supporting and hosting the show. Check out all the other great podcasts that are on that network. We've got Fearless Kitchen, Stupid Questions for Scientists, and also the Social Media Strategy Podcast. I've really been enjoying that one lately myself. Definitely worth a good listen. All right, everyone, have a great week. I'll catch you next time. Bye.